the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talk at all things financial, money, investing, and more. We're in earnings season barely. You might remember a couple weeks ago when Apple reported their numbers, their stock hit all-time highs on earnings. Ooh, that feels like a long time ago because since then, the fear of the coronavirus has kind of played into the market. Stocks are wavering today after the worst day in two years. I bring this up in large part because for the a lot of the last year and the year before, anytime the markets would correct, we'd, we would jump in and go, buy the dip, buy the dip. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy the dip. And now suddenly that doesn't feel quite as right. Ten-year treasury is near all-time, ten-year uh, uh, treasury note is near all-time lows, which creates a reason to refi. I talked a little bit earlier about that. Or a reason to get a mortgage. If I hadn't done all of mine, every time there's an economic tsunami that hits the market. If I had been done all mine in the last three or four years, I would be using this week as a time to rush in and lock a rate. Home Depot shares climbing after an earnings beat and an upgrade of their dividend. Markets are pricing in a lot of what-ifs on the coronavirus. But a lot of people in the back of their head are saying, you know what, when this thing's over, we're going to start rolling back higher. I don't know if I'm in that camp, but I'm not. Anyhow, Democratic presidential debate in South Carolina is on Tuesday. The Bank of Korea announced its policy decision on Thursday of this week. And there's probably going to cut rates. South Korea is one of those uh, areas of the world that the coronavirus is creeping into. Italy, Japan, Bank of, uh, uh, not Bank of Korea, but Korea. So we'll see how Korea responds to their economic crisis. U.S. jobless claims, GDP, and durable goods data are out also on Thursday. So we've got a little bit of data coming up down the road. You get earnings out of Best Buy, Baidu, Occidental, and Dell on Thursday. They'll give us a little tell. Baidu, for sure, as well as Dell Technologies, will give us some good ideas of what's going on in China. So that's the big news that's out there at this point in time. That's what's driving the markets today. Now, I want to change topics ever so slightly and get big picture on you. You know what a MMORPG is? An MMORPG? It's a massive multiplayer online role-playing game. And I kind of feel like, as an investor, you run through levels. You start learning, like, level one, you could lose money. Level two, you're like, don't lose money. And you kind of, like, learn little things. And now you're starting to learn, you know, politics are crazy right now. 
you got the Republicans and Democrats who hate each other. You got Democrats who hate liberals who hate each other. Moderate Democrats, liberal Democrats. And again, I'm putting a lot of words in everyone else. But that's one of those areas where, as an investor, you've been around enough. So this is like a level 10 investor. This is kind of like you've played the game. And instead of saying politics is crazy, society is crazy, the environment is acting all crazy, the only thing I want you to ask yourself if you want to get to level 11 is, do I have a job? And as you get more complicated as an investor, as you get more complex, try not to get stuck on Republicans or Democrats or inflation or deflation. Try to get stuck on, do I have a job? And does my neighbors have jobs? And do Americans have jobs? For starters, the reason I'm telling you this is Trump was supposed to cause volatility with his chaos. He didn't. He crushed volatility. The market just kept going higher so far in his uh, term. Now, if you turn on the news, you'll refer to you'll hear Bernie Sanders referred to as a communist. And a communist in America is winning primaries. And the market's like, no big deal. That should freak us out on Wall Street, but it's not. Now, on one hand, you could say the commie, go kill a commie for mommy. My brother David grew up in a world. He's five or six years older than me. But that was the difference between the world that I grew up in. He grew up in a world where the Cold War was still very real and we're coming out of it. And there was bumper stickers in the United States like kill a commie for mommy. I know you're saying, whoa. It doesn't seem like it was in our lifetime, but it was. The best answer I can come up with right now is that um, supply-demand dynamics of stocks and bonds are overriding everything because we should be reacting. We should be a little more volatile in the headline news. The Great Depression now lives in the realms of forgotten economic statistics. Do you know from 1929 to 1933, the stock market went down 89%. Wow. That takes a lot of brain power for me to wrap around like 89. Are you kidding me? So you got to learn a little bit about corporate earnings. You got to learn a little bit about the economy. In 1933, stocks were priced in pretty much so the end of capitalism. The general rule of thumb is that whenever stocks go down 50% or more anywhere in the world, people are very, very pessimistic. You know, stocks went down 50% recently in Argentina. There's a lot of evidence piling up that many Americans simply don't believe in capitalism anymore. I talk to people who are under 35, younger people, as I refer to them. And they're like, I I love Bernie. Love him. And I'm like, okay. Oh, boy. Stocks were at an all-time high seven to ten days ago. Don't misunderstand me that I I don't really want a recession. I don't really want calamity. I don't really want volatility. It's nice sitting at home and feeling like I'm getting richer and watching my 401k and updating my plan. Yes, I have a certified financial plan. And I have a plan. So a lot of people are starting to say, we have totally forgotten about that 87% correction. Anyone who was born in 1933 is now 87 years old. Anyone who was an adult in 1933 is probably 105 years old. So no one can remember a stock market going down almost 90%. The 
The only way you would possibly know it is if, like, you're stuck in a library after a nuclear war or a flood or, I don't know, if a frozen planet, an earthquake. Let's say you're stuck in a library and you're like, let's learn everything that happened 100 years ago. And you start pulling up old library microfiche slides. See, what happened after that was pessimism paid off. But after that, it really didn't. There have been a lot of reasons to be bearish since 2015. And yet the market magically lifts higher. There's a belief right now that in the financial community that bearish pundits must be naked short and getting their faces killed with investing. If Bernie wins, there's going to be some trades to put on. Here's what they would be. Stocks would go down, the dollar would go down, bonds would go up, gold would go up, and oil would go up. I just gave you the plan. If you think we're going to get a president who's leaning towards socialism. But I don't talk a lot of politics on this show. We know what we got with Trump. I'll try to make some inferences for you if we get Bloomberg. But I just gave you what Sanders' investments would be. Stocks down, dollar down, bonds up, gold up, oil up. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Home prices growth. Home price growth accelerated in December. That's a damnation game. You want home prices to go up with wage inflation? And then it's good? But I own too many properties compared to my neighbor who owns none? And I feel like, whoa, I'm going up in value and he's not. Uh, I've got friends that they've been in the Bay Area since the days of Yahoo and Excite at Home. And... Um, before Google was even a building. You know, Yahoo was kind of a dominant play for there, there for a while. Lycos, Digital Cities, and um, they didn't buy a home back when they could in 1990, 95, 2000, 2002. They were like, it's too expensive. And then another round of Social Media 2.0 came in. and Or Internet 2.0. Social Media and if you look at the campus of Facebook and Google, holy mackerel. You look at the campus of Apple, you can see why home prices are what they are. They're huge campuses or campus eyes or campus X's. Six, six, six. You get the idea. Markets are continuing to sell off. We started higher on the Dow. Now we're down 250. 250! Um, it's going to start turning into a thing where we go, and the three-day total is... 1,000 yesterday, 250 today, 250 Friday. That's 1,500 points. Now we're starting to talk. Virgin Galactic has turned negative. They're going to report numbers today. That's the most speculative stock on the planet right now. Closely followed by Tesla. Tesla is down 4.3% on a day when the market's down 1%. That tells you the volatility on the upside is good, but the volatility on the downside is four times more than the market. That's something that I could bore you. And if I did the show before the show, I would go into a 20-minute explanation of what beta is and how you have to use beta and alpha correctly in your portfolio. Now, 
just look at the upside of the stock in a year when it beats the market, and you can kind of say, well, it's going to have more volatility than the stock market. If the market's down 1% and it's down 4%, then, you, then you're on to something that's kind of like speculative. Now, speculative is great when it works out on the positive, not so good when it works out on the negative. Uh, U.S. home prices, that's still out there. Not really driving the market though right now. What's driving the market is the fear of the coronavirus and the threat of it becoming a pandemic creeping ever so closer. You're probably getting a lot of professionals right now hiding from their phone. I remember back in the late, mid-90s, if there was a day when the market was up 300 or down 300, like that was a big move then. The phones would, be, would get active, people either getting greedy or people getting fearful. And sometimes you'd be like, I don't want to talk to that person. I had a client named Bruce, and I won't say any other thing about him, but his whole life he was conservative. Then he got me, who was a growth manager, and he started taking on too much growth, and he just wasn't ready for it. It made him uncomfortable. And you always talk like this. He goes, hello, Rob. It's good to see you. And uh, what are we going to do with the portfolio this week? Are we going to buy or sell? I'm like, I don't really have a lot of time to talk to you. You want me to do a research, not chit-chat with you. And that's going through my head. I want to dare say that out loud. But uh, he was someone who was conservative his whole life, and then he got aggressive as everything got aggressive in 1998, 1999, and then the tech correct, the tech, the hit. The NASDAQ went down 2000, 2001, 2002. We never thought it was going to go up. If I did this show, you'd be like, he sounds depressed. We need to find a show that's promising things to go up. So Susie Orman said yesterday that investors should rejoice at the Dow's more than a thousand point tumble. I bring this up because it's easy to make fun of her. She's got what was probably the worst spray tan until President Trump came into office. And, And again, I'm just assuming Trump has either makeup issues or spray tan issues or I don't know. But Susan Orman says investors should stay the course and explain she thinks investors worried about their retirement savings after a historic downturn for the Dow Jones Industrial Average should welcome such sell-offs. Here's the problem with that. If you're 65 and you haven't set up your portfolio correctly with an emergency fund with three years of income and 1,000 points come down on the market, she says, you're going to be okay. Unless it's 2000, 2001, 2002, 2006, 2007, 2008. And she's already proven that she's missed 250. She's already jumped in and said, you're going to be good 1% higher than we are. I only bring that up, not to pick, 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 pick on her. But that's where financial media has a flaw. I don't know if you're 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old. I don't know if you're in good health, bad health. I don't know how much money you have or don't have. Should you be worried about a 1,000, 1,500 point correction? I don't think so. Is it a blessing? Depends on who you are. For a 25-year-old, he should say right now, I'm going to put a couple more chips in this market. And if it goes lower, I'm going to put even more chips. And if it goes even lower, I'm going to, even, I'm going to figure out a way to sell my Xbox and put it in the market. But again, just to give you an idea, we could easily, and it would not bat an eyelash to see the Dow go to 22,000. And that's a lot of points away from here. And it would be a normal, not historic, not unprecedented kind of correction. 
Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. A lot of things going on in the stock market economy right now. Markets opened higher after having the worst day in two years. The worst day in two years. That's not so bad. Is it? I don't think it is. But stocks are wavering on the coronavirus fears. And that's the headline. Maybe there are also some people saying, you know what? We've had a good 10 years. I'm going to sit on the sidelines for a few months, see how this all shakes out. It could be a little bit of, I'm a lifelong Republican or I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm going to see how this all shakes out in the election. Some people want to be right and some people want to be angry and some people want to be greedy and some people want to be fearful. I like normal. I like pullbacks. I got I got to admit. So when I see Sam Adams trading off, you know, I'm like, hey, I know that I wanted to get into that alcoholic beverage, you know, fad right now. The White Claw. It'll drag you down. Um, but markets open higher and then they went lower today. That's interesting to me. That's telling me that the market's concerned about the coronavirus, and it's basically it's it's wanting me to believe that we're not buying the dip. It's wanting me to believe that maybe this is the chance for you to get in at lower prices. Susie Orman's on CNBC today. Oh, I hate Susie Orman. I hate everything about her. I just don't think she's good at financial advice. I I don't like the way she presents herself as smarter than you. But she's out there saying, you know, buy the dip, buy the dip. I kind of hope that it goes down a lot right now because she's she'll be quoted as saying it's a good thing. Disney's going to serve Impossible Foods burgers at their park. That's interesting side note, especially when you look at that trend of Beyond Meat and um, Impossible Burgers. And we saw yesterday another company got into the alternative plant-based protein burgers. The ten-year Treasury is at 1.34%. Let's bring in Tony Mendez. The 10-year Treasury is at 1.34%. That has to be doing something magical on the mortgage market. That's what you do. You We played your commercial right before you came on, Tony. Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. The 10-year Treasury, that's got to be making your life hell right now, or, or hella busy is the right way of saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. It's... Um I mean, there's some big headlines, eight-year lows on mortgage rates, triple bottoms on the 10-year yield, just bouncing right off all-time lows. Uh, it's, you know, it's refinance heaven right now for people who can do it. Um, I think Black Knight Financial came out and said that there's about 11 million homeowners that can benefit. And that kind of goes back and forth as rates go up and down. I think maybe three weeks ago, it was like 8 million. So getting up to 11 million homeowners that can benefit just means that you can be one of them and if you're sitting around just going oh maybe they'll go lower i think it's all i think it's a great time to look and review your finances especially the mortgage part of it yeah i'm happily financed right now and i feel like i've gotten all my mortgages refinanced in the last three to five years and there's like three or four of them floating around so i feel comfortable with that um But I got to imagine the the huge economic benefit for me to do of all those refinancings as rates were near these levels has helped my economic activity by giving me more cash flow um, in the short term and medium term to invest in a market that's been roaring. So I'm happy with that. Um, Same topic, ever so slightly different. Yesterday, you kind of brought up 
uh, you and I were talking late in the afternoon, and you said, did you tell me you got someone a 3% mortgage? Was that a 30-year, 15-year? What was that? Well, depending on how – this brings up the philosophy of how aggressive you want to be on your mortgage. Are you going to keep the mortgage right. for the longest period of time that you can, i.e., you're going to you know, either turn it into a rental or live in there for 30 years? Should you be aggressive on the rate, i.e., paying points? And some people say, you know, when rates are low like this, you shouldn't pay points. But there's some math that will show you that the longer you stay in your house, the lower rate will give you the better benefit. Um, and, and there's truly no such thing as a no-cost loan because you have to take a higher rate to get that. So some people, the, the, on the rate sheet that we get, the way that it's pricing is 3% is available when prior to this week it was not available. And, in fact, we've seen 2.875. So it's there for people who want to be aggressive and say, I don't want to ever refinance again. Now, there's people that are sitting like at 4% say, that were probably told that, by getting 4%, I would never have to refinance again. So, But this is really low. Uh, we're looking at the 10-year yields um, of what they call the triple bottom. It's scary for a lot of investors because it could even go lower, but not that much lower. This is the lowest it's been in history. Uh, the same thing along with mortgage rates. And trying to think that it's going to go lower could hurt you when it just bounces right back up and you miss the opportunity. So that's what we are seeing right now with uh, the low opportunity rates. Okay. Now, elsewhere in the financial world, there was news today about home prices. And that has to play into your world, too. How much is the home worth? How much is it appraising for? Um, it's going up. So uh, the pace of home appreciation across much of the United States ramped up in December. The Case-Shiller 20-City Index posted a 2.9% year-over-year gain. You're a homeowner. I'm a homeowner. That sounds like pretty good news. The markets that did the best, Tony, were Phoenix, Charlotte, Tampa, having the biggest increases. That's interesting to me. Um, you know, Boise had a great run. Colorado Springs has a great run, but they're not in those top 20 markets per se. But Boise was up 12.7%. Colorado Springs up 11%. There's some momentum out there in these mountain regions and some other markets. What do you think about what we're seeing as far as price appreciation, low inventory, and low mortgage rates? Well, it's it's a double-edged sword, and I, I did see that, that report. And we've been seeing that same report for a while where these um, – they're not really second tier, but just call them second tier cities, where it's, it's all about affordability. So you're seeing a lot of young people, the, the biggest class of buyers right now, the millennials, uh, looking for affordable homes. Uh, a lot of people are saying, um, I have equity in a big um, market like the Bay Area, and we're going to move and buy a house free and clear with our equity, and then we can retire here. We're seeing a lot of the, that type of movement. But the double-edged sword is there's a lot of people who are also refinancing into low rates saying, and they're locking themselves into a property saying, I'm never going to sell. So that's going to keep inventory low, which is also the other part of that sword is more, there's more buyers out there with more affordability, and that's going to, with low inventory, is going to drive up home prices. So I feel pretty good about the momentum that we have. I like 2.9 appreciation, 3% as a target. So if we can stay right there and um, see what happens when rates pop back up. And if we can keep that level, that's a healthier market. We just need more inventory, period. We're not building enough homes, and we have too many buyers. 
So people can find you at BayAreaLoanSource.com. We're wrapping up the segment with Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Is there any last thoughts that you want to talk about? Incre- the tenure is just incredible. And I was like, I have to get Tony on because for those of you who have a 4% mortgage, refi. But also for those of you who are looking to get in, the appreciation's not helping, but the low-cost mortgage is for sure. Any last thoughts? Yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the nose. I think um, you have to look at both ends. I mean, even, even if you saw... You could run the math. You could you could say, okay, well, at four percent, my price could be this much. But if my rates one percent lower, I can actually see a swing in in home price. So it's a little bit more comfort knowing that your rate is lower and locked in. Uh, that cost of monthly money, um, as opposed to maybe a, a swings here and there in, in home price. So it's feeling really good for a lot of people. How it's going to play out? That's the big question. But I, I I think you hit it right on the nose. Sounds good. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you have a 4% mortgage or 3.8, consider taking it down to a 3. If you qualify, you have to have good income and good credit score, blah, blah, blah. Consult an expert in the field. But that's a way to increase your cash flow. You know, when I first got into a home, let's say my mortgage payment was almost 4900 and then I refinanced it lower to forty one hundred. Then I refinanced it lower to thirty four hundred. And I'm like, that's pretty good. I'll go with that. Now, I took advantage, and I had to pay the price along the way of, of points and transaction costs. Uh, but I'm good with it because I can have that for twenty more years at a rate that's comparable to someone's rent. If I were to pass my my significant other, she could you know rent the house easily for the difference between the mortgage payment and the rent. That's what I'm looking for from you is smart financial opportunities. Come along, consider taking them. It's not just how much you invest. It's not just how much you make. It's how much you save, too. Um, the S&P 500 tried to push higher this morning. Couldn't do it. It's worthy of note. The 10-year treasury is struggling because uh, it's not struggling. It's actually considered strong. There's a lot of interest in it. There's a lot of money flow into it. But the yield has dropped considerably to the point that it's affecting mortgage rates, credit card rates. And I'll be honest with you, I, I think our president, and our, it could be any president in the world, I think any world leader should consider taking money right now from their own central banks because if, you're, if they're going to give it to you at 1.5%, 2%, that's way better than waiting for rates to go higher. So if you want to do road improvements, if you want to do airport improvements, if you want to do whatever, now is a good time to borrow money. Of course, consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything I ever mentioned like that. Because what you do with that money is also kind of just as important. So the, mic- the markets are pricing in a lot of what-ifs with the coronavirus. And today we started higher and we didn't hold it. I, w- I would refer to it as wavering. Um, after yesterday was the worst day in two years, and Friday was a big drop. So that's two straight days of big drops, and we're not saying, let's send in the buyers. Send in the buyers. In my house, in the bedroom, it's send in the clown. Send in the clown. Um, yeah, I don't like uh, short-term market feels like it's going to do what the market wants to do and uh, needs a bit of a breather. We'll watch day to day. I'm not going to give up on this one. But uh, maybe a little caution right now never hurts. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So Virgin Galactic stock is up 200% this year. That's pretty sexy. Tesla had a little bit of a meteoric rise this year. Virgin has more than doubled over an eight-day period, and it's kind of like, which one's more speculative? This is momentum. They have affluent customers who are waiting to be flown into space, which will become very profitable when they do it. When are they going to do it? 2020. Oh, that's a long time. Oh, wait, that's this year? So a lot of people are betting, and this is how Wall Street works in a funny way. Like, let's say the 49ers get signed 12 first-round draft picks. For some reason, the league goes haywire. And the 49ers get, like, 16 first-round picks in the draft. And they get to pick any player they want from any team. You'd say, they're loaded. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Let's bet on them now. And you'd probably be right with that basic premise. Now, the basic premise of Virgin Galactic is one day people who are incredibly stupid and have a lot of money will throw down $250,000 to go into space so they can tell everyone, I've been to space. You want to see the video? I got a selfie of me looking at planet Earth. Now, again, if I'm a big-time marketer, that may be worth it. People may come into my office and go, ooh, he's been in space. He has a selfie. He must have something I don't have. But it's a nascent field, so it's going to be fraught with risk. They report numbers tonight. A lot of people are saying, okay, let's talk a little bit about space tourism. There's another angle here. And when you do a lot of research on rocket technology and getting up and orbiting the Earth, you also have the ability to rocket up into the sky and rocket right back down at hypersonic speeds so you can cross the Atlantic or the Pacific in maybe an hour or two. Hypersonic speeds, baby. Again, game changer? That's a game changer. Do they have it? I don't know. To me, that it's the essence of speculation. They're not losing as much money as Tesla. They're not trying to be as aggressive as Tesla. Virgin Galactic reported a net loss of $51.5 million on sales of 832000 Keep in mind, they already have 600 customers who have plunked out $250,000 each for a ticket to ride into space. They had so much demand, they stopped taking orders. That was a little over a year ago. Now they're getting ready for their Virgin flight. <laughs> Get it? Virgin Galactic. Okay. They're getting ready to go up into space. The final frontier. It's kind of an anti-coronavirus stock. And what I mean by that is it doesn't have exposure to anyone with the flu right now. Disney said they're going to serve the impossible food burgers at their parks. Ooh. MasterCard a little bit lower today. And this is what I love about down markets. You've heard me say for years, oh, I got to find a way to own Apple. So I find about Apple. Oh, I got to find a way to own Qualcomm. I waited for a lawsuit against Qualcomm to own Qualcomm. Oh, I got to find a way. And the way for me, and again, I could have done that with Tesla when it fell 50%. I didn't. I could have done it with Chipotle when it fell 50%. I didn't. I wanted both of those companies for some sort of Tesla for a trade, Chipotle for a, a growth stock for five, 10 years. But I was too chicken. I was too chicken to jump in when it, it gave me that opportunity. So when MasterCard pulls back based on, you know, saying things like the coronavirus is going to hurt business, it's pulled.
pulling back 2%. It's not pulling back a lot. 2% is not my buying opportunity. I need a bear market. I want 10% off. If I get 20, I would cuff my right hand and flush it down the toilet. You don't tend to get those in great companies. So let me just tell you how it works real quick. If you have a company that's very speculative, you can look for an easy 40 to 60% correction. So somebody like Virgin Galactic shoots up. They have no revenue. They have very little revenue. They have very little to hold on to. If they say that things are delayed till 2022, maybe the stock collapses. But you're up 100%, so it could easily go down 40 to 60. Now, a company like Apple, Microsoft, um, I don't want to use Google, MasterCard, Visa, premium blue chip names tend not to go down 20 to 30%. And when they do, it tends to be tied towards something like a bear market or something colossal collapsed at the company. So when things go on sale, I like it. Down 1% to 2% is not on sale. Shake Shack's down 11% this today, and, and I don't care. It's not on my list of I'm intrigued. Therefore, even when it looks like it's on sale to me, I don't care. I want to buy great companies. I don't necessarily want to buy... You know, a trade. A lot of the emails that come to me are people being incredibly speculative and asking things like, well, with the coronavirus, do you think uh, now's a good time to short Carnival Cruise Lines? Shorting means you buy it now and you sell it later. You buy high and you, th- you try to sell it lower. Typically, for most of us, we buy low and sell high is the right you know, long-term accumulation game. I talked to some traders yesterday from Online Trading Academy. Um... And they're like, you know, you could you can complement your strategy buy and hold by using options and other strategies. I'm like, yeah, they're kind of complicated for me. Um, but people are on board with that, and, and I'm not knocking it. So if that works for you, you know, what I do is chicken bones to other people. What other people do, do are chicken bones to me. And when I say chicken bones, I'm talking like Louisiana, like um, voodoo. Chicken bones, chicken bones, chicken bones. I know you're saying, you know, you're saying that doesn't even make sense. I know. I know, you got to go with me. It doesn't make sense. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Susie Orman says investors should rejoice that the Dow's down more than 1,000 points. I don't think so, Sue. I think that's not even a 3% correction. And markets normally have a 5% correction three or four times a year. 10% corrections once a year. You know, a bear market, it'll come when we're down 20%. 30% and we're like, when does it stop? But right now we're in accumulation mode around stock market. So we tend to buy the dips. Today we're not buying the dips. That tells me Sue's is already wrong. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Tony Mendez with Bay Area Loan Source. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. The 10-year treasury has created a great opportunity to get a mortgage at a low cost.